And welcome back to CCL's podcast, Lead With That, where we talk current events in pop culture to look at where leadership is happening and what's happening with leadership. Now, let me give you a few stats to start us off here, folks. The Star Spangled Banner at 11, signed with Sony Records at 14, first platinum album at 16, the youngest artist in history to have written and performed a number one song on the Hot Country Songs chart, youngest person to ever win Entertainer of the Year at the Country Music Association Awards, youngest person to win Album of the Year, first woman to win Album of the Year three times. Anyone know who I'm talking about? No? Maybe? How about this? The highest earning female musician of the past decade. Most number one hits on Billboard's U.S. digital song sales chart. She broke the record for the most streamed album in a single day in Spotify history. Then she broke it again. And then one of every 25 vinyl albums sold in the U.S. in 2022 was by, that's right, Taylor Swift. Yes, Swifties, we're talking about your girl today. Now, Taylor Swift has been a dominant force in the music industry for over a decade with numerous awards and accolades to her name. She's not only achieved incredible success as an artist, but has also taken a strong leadership role in the industry, advocating for artists' rights and paving the way for young female musicians and using her voice in society more than ever. Throughout her career, Taylor has demonstrated a unique set of leadership qualities that have helped her rise to the top of her field. From her ability to connect with her fans, to her willingness to be creative and take creative risks and reinvent herself, Taylor has shown us what it takes to be a successful leader in a constantly evolving industry. So today, we talk Taylor Swift and examine the leadership qualities of one of the most successful and iconic artists of today. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Ren Washington, and as usual, I'm joined with Allison Barr. Allison, be honest. Are you a Swifty? <laughs> So, um, I support Taylor Swift, yes, but I don't know that I am a Swifty. Um, her fan base is truly something remarkable. And I don't know if by their yeah. standards I would fit in as a Swifty. However, I support her. I think she's an incredible businesswoman. And I wouldn't say that I knew too much about her prior to 2020. However, based on some stories and some things that we'll probably talk about, I've gotten to know, uh, at least her as a business person, a little bit better more recently. What about you? Mm. Uh, no, I'm not a Swifty. And I can assure you, as my daughter's friend can assure you, any of your waffling over your fandom would indicate you're not a Swifty. <laughs> uh, I, you know, they have the Spotify wrap-ups. And my daughter was telling me about some of her friends, like in the, the upper percentile of American Taylor Swift fans for hours of Taylor Swift listened to. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm a Swift. No, I know I'm not a Swifty. And I, I had been maybe apathetic at best about Taylor Swift for a really long time. But recently, whether it be with Ticketmaster or her her fledgling political voice that she's starting to use, or really, frankly, my wife watched a documentary on her. I think it's on Netflix. And she told me a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then her, I don't know, her no-name boyfriend. I'm sorry. Maybe he's famous. I think he's an English actor. They broke up. But I thought, hmm, what an interesting chance to talk about Taylor Swift, who by all accounts is this prolific person. And maybe we should be looking at her and her success and how she's leading herself and others mm -hmm. in this world. Yeah. I also watched that documentary. Um, mm. That's sort of how I came to know a little bit more about 
her and what yeah. she's up to, though, I will say, I think it was in 2017 or 2018, I followed her assault trial and was very impressed with her communication and her composure. A lot of that was public. And after that, Roger and I watched her documentary some, it was sometime in 2020. And again, I learned so much more about her as an artist, as an advocate, as a businesswoman, um, that she's much more than somebody who sings pop songs. Yeah. And I know we're going to bounce around a little bit. And that's something that I wanted to talk about when we really start to explore her characteristics, that situation that she had. Are you talking about with David Mueller mm. in that radio host? Yes. Yeah. Her her presence in grace is is really something to explore and, and start to investigate, especially for a young person. But, you know, maybe that's what I think about so impressive about her as a young person. When I think about who she is or what she's accomplished, you know, Taylor Swift's 33 now. Uh, I was going to try to find out how many awards she's won. I guess conservatively, it's something between like 300 and 500 awards. Basically, if she's got an award out, if she's like those award exists, she's won it. She's yeah. won the Grammys tw 12 times, 34 American Music Awards. And as a fellow person in their 30s, um, you know, Taylor, why you got to do me so bad? <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. Well, I was going to say what I was going to say that I'm questioning now is I think it's interesting that she's not talked about more, but perhaps I just don't follow enough, <clears throat> excuse me, about her. Maybe she has talked about more in the industry. I'm not sure. Um, but you already mentioned in 2022, she was the highest paid woman entertainer, which is that's a global statistic, too, which is bonkers. She writes all of her music, which a lot of artists don't get that luxury what I appreciate about her, too, is that she, generally speaking, she makes public statements um, herself versus using a PR firm. And she's really not afraid to stand in what she values. And she's not afraid to challenge bigger, you know, bigger firms like Spotify and Apple. A story that stood out to me from, I believe it was maybe 2019 or 2020, she made a statement about Apple saying, and I'm going to quote her here. I'm sure you're all aware that Apple Music will be offering a three-month trial to anyone who signs up for the service. I'm not sure that you know that Apple Music will not be paying writers, producers, or artists for those three months, and I find it to be shocking, disappointing, and completely unlike this historically progressive and generous company. And within hours, just within a few hours of her making that statement, Apple completely changed its direction. So her influence is something to be noted as well. And I think we'll talk a little bit more around her level of investment in that kind of artist appreciation, but something that you highlighted there, and I think this is why this matters for anyone listening, is that Taylor Swift has reach and mm -hmm. influence. Something that we'll talk about today is her decision to use her voice for political means. And we'll just explore, I think, some of the impact about that. But, you know, when we look at Swifties, I was reading this Forbes report uh this study that they were citing that some 53 percent of u.s adults said they were fans of taylor swift now only 16 percent of them identified as avid and i guess <laughs> within that only about half considered them true swifties so again we can confirm for each other we are not they no. but when i think about why it matters let's just take it beyond her fandom but keep it in her fandom in november 22 you likely remember folks that Ticketmaster uh, crashed or started to do some shady business practices uh, for Taylor Swift's concert. 
And then that or her tour, rather, her her era's tour for 23 and and all of that, that visibility and all the uproar caused Congress to look at Live Nation and Ticketmaster and the potential monopoly that is in there because of the fandom of Taylor Swift. So it's really interesting to think about, well, why talk Taylor Swift? Well, we talk Taylor Swift because of use or rather reach her potential impact on others. But then maybe just looking at this artistry and navigating how this young person has been able to be as prolific and successful as she's been. Yeah. One of the standout qualities, I think that's interesting, you sort of alluded to already she came about in the and her fans as well came about in the age of social media and she uses social media in a way that a, a lot of artists do not she's known for prioritizing her fans and communicating them pretty authentically which is an interesting leadership and business parallel to make if you think about it um but we know in our work that some of the most successful and high performing organizations are that way because their consumers take on the company brand identity and if you think about Taylor Swift as, Uh, I mean, I don't want to call her a product because that feels sort of icky, but she is a brand. And if you look at their fan base, would you say that they've taken on the brand identity of Taylor Swift? I, yeah, Yeah. as you were saying that I thought, dang, how right are you? I mean, I remember there was a time in my life I would only wear Nike football cleats. (laughs) And I feel like there's a time in people's lives now where they will only ride or die for Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You said something about she was able to live authentically. And I think that's such something we talk about. What's an example of her being able to be authentic for her fans or for her, her brand? Well, um, I read, I can give you two answers to that. I read an article and then I can speak not personally, but semi-personally. Uh, Wait, you don't know Taylor? Not yet. I mean, okay. maybe she'll listen. I don't know. I'll tag her. Hey. I'll tag her when we're done. <laughs> oh, I wonder if she comes up on our Google searches. Taylor, come on, uh, Taylor. we love you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was mentioning that her, you know, her fan base grew up in the age of social media and she's been known to uh, reply, make comments to her followers, repost their photos. If, you know, fans take pictures at her concerts, she'll repost them. So she's she's running her own social media account which is absolutely wild. Right. Right. Like it is (laughs) unheard of. And from a more, again, not personal, but, but personal by association, I suppose, you know, I love TikTok and on TikTok, um, someone I follow, who's not, not a famous person, just a, you know, a, a you and me, who's a Swifty tagged Taylor Swift in a concert video and Taylor Swift responded with a heart emoji to this person's account who maybe has 200 followers, right? Like doesn't, she's not, she's not famous. She's a, she's a fan of Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift commented on this woman's post, which I would imagine creates a feeling of connection and maybe even a community. And you alluded to this already too, Mm -hmm. but definitely a feeling of belonging, which is another interesting parallel to leadership. Um, So I think she, again, that she runs her own social media account in ways to connect to her fan base versus promoting herself is very different than a lot of businesses run their social media. Well, I, what resonates for me maybe is this idea that it's authenticity through practice. Yeah. Just the willingness to do that. I, the thing that comes up for me, and this is important for a lot of clients that I work with too, is this idea of this, this company ethos that no one's bigger than the job or no one's bigger than the work. And maybe Taylor's like, I'm not bigger than the people who got me. 
you know, I'm going to show up for you as I would for, for anyone. And I always marvel at people who have the emotional and I don't know, the social bandwidth to do that. Mm -hmm. Like my God, I barely want to do that (laughs) for five people, let alone 300 million people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she prioritizes her fans and that's like, you know, I did a quick Google search of what can we learn from Taylor Swift in business and across the board articles like Forbes, even Tony, there's an article by Tony Robbins. One of the common themes was that she prioritizes her fan base. And when businesses do that to their consumers, they also have, uh, they have buy-in, right? There's no Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift seems to know there's no Taylor Swift without her audience. There's no, um, at least as big as she is, right? Those awards don't exist without her fan base. And she knows that. I think it was in 2019 as well. She did, uh, I think she called it Swiftmas instead of Christmas, which is, you know, very cheeky and sent um, a bunch of fans gifts for Christmas, which like, I don't know, do any of your favorite artists do anything like that, Ren? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get a Christmas present from whoever you listen to? <laughs> uh, n- no, no, I do not. And I, I, I shudder to think at what kind of presents they would send. Uh, you, you know, yeah. if we were to bring this down to the ground level and we're listening, if someone's some leader and they, they're leading a smaller team or they're, they're managing a restaurant or, you know, what does it look like to put their audience first? Does that mean the customer walks in the door or if I'm a manager, is my audience my staff or how do we put that for a ground level to someone who maybe doesn't have an audience of thousands of people per se. Yeah. I think if we can find ways to translate what she does to the workplace, the one thing that comes up for me immediately that CCL's research has found is that employees at the workplace want to feel a sense of connection at work and that when Mm -hmm. they do have that connection, there's an environment of respect and trust that's fostered. And then, you know, your, your consumer or your client or your customer can also feel that too. And of course, with that comes so many benefits to the organization and the individual. Um, Some of the research has found that stress decreases, innovation, team effectiveness increases. Employees even report being sick less frequently, sick days in general are lower and so on. But I think creating the environment at the organization, I predict, would then translate to your consumer as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I resonate with that. I think that makes sense. I I find that when we think about what authenticity looks like for you, I feel like Taylor's been on a life journey to answer that question for herself. And so you don't have to be available like she is to her fans or the people that like you at work, whoever's listening. You don't have to do a one-to-one, but I think starting to explore for yourself what your what showing up looks like for you, how you want to show up. What we talk to at CCL is this difference between reputation and brand. Reputation is what you're known for. Brand is what you want to be known for. The idea is to close that mm-hmm. gap because you could want to have the best brand, but if people know you as something else, then you know, good luck. So first thing I think that she continues to do is to qualify what she stands for. Yeah. Yeah. And you said she's been on a journey to discovering that herself. How do you know that? Well, just from watching her from the outside and then as we make her a target of exploration, starting to review her life a little bit. I mean, one of the things that I think really stood out for me and stands out for me still is something that I would call composure under pressure. I mean, in 2009, remember Kanye jumped on the stage Mm -hmm. to yell at 
the audience and the world for yeah. letting Taylor Swift get like a video music award at MTV for the best video of the year or something like yes. that. You know, Kanye jumps on the stage and and yells that this is a mistake. Beyonce should have won. And as you likely know, right in the in the documentary, it it's revealed that Kanye was a big she was a big fan of Kanye's yeah. like this this Arctic, and she was just a, a kid. I mean, she was born in eighty nine. She was almost twenty, but I guess she was te- technically nineteen. How and I know that was really hard for her because I guess too that she had to kind of retreat into herself and to save spaces after that just to make sense of it all. But for her to not be poisonous or toxic after that is just really interesting. And so I'd say it's the beginning of her journey is just a young person who barely knows what their world looks like, is wildly famous already, winning awards, and then someone you really care about as an idol and as a, a colleague blasts you in public. Just the sense making, I think she's been able to turn that happening and I think into some of the pillars she stands for today. Yeah. And on that note, and so many others, I asked you, that was a bit of a leading question because people do know that she's been on a bit of a journey and that's because she's transparent, relatively transparent about I get what, what, she's, <laughs> what she's experiencing. And of course, there was a documentary made right about her. And as far as I understand it, she had a she had a lot of say in what went into that and wanted her her fans and her viewers to really see the truth inside of what's happening in her life. And she's willing to share those those parts of her. And when I think about authenticity, like what does it mean to be authentic as a leader? Part of it is transparency. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, tell the world everything that's going on with you, but her struggles as an artist and balancing her desire to advocate for others is something that I find to be truly fascinating that she's willing to share with her, with her people. And then they get to know her again. It's that sense of belonging. It's again, her fans don't know her, right? But you do feel like you're part of something bigger when you see into who somebody is as a leader or a person. Mm -hmm. Well, what a great segue, because when I think about Taylor and advocacy, it it's something else that I think we have to explore. And another reason why we're looking at her today is she's got millions of millions of people who follow her. I mean, I think I just looked today at the stats, something like 347 and some change million people follow her between Instagram and Twitter. Wow. Right. Wow. So she's got some reach. But it's interesting when we look at celebrity or athletes, there's a tension that they always got to navigate where some of the world wants to hear their point of view. Some of the world wants them to keep their mouth shut. Yeah. And for a lot of Taylor's career, she was in the keep your mouth shut category. Because frankly, it's it, it gets for maybe a long time, it's not always the safest place. The pendulum swings back and forth between what's safe for celebrities to speak to. But maybe before we zoom back into Taylor, pausing and just looking at that paradigm, what do you think? What's the right of a, a celebrity or an athlete? What's their role or their responsibility? And speaking out in leadership roles. Gosh, I I probably have an unpopular opinion here. I think they can do and say whatever they want, just like you and I can. Um, there are people who will say, but you know, you're a role model to my kids. And sure, but you're also a parent to your kids. I think there's a balance there. Um, and it's gray. So it's very gray, right? I yeah, that's my answer. What about you? Hmm. Yeah, probably like the constant tension between art and artist. I think that if I was someone who believed that artistry needs to stay in the realm of art, then you know, take the product as such. But I'm probably aligned with you that the person is the artist. 
and they're allowed to exhibit and inhabit their own points of view. Mm -hmm. And so I think we live in a society as such that I have no qualms with an athlete or a musician speaking on the world they inhabit and talk about me fighting against the tidal wave. If I did, 345 million people would remind me about how minuscule my point of view is. So (laughs) I think I'm probably most interested in this idea because we talked DAC at CCL, right? Direction, alignment, commitment. And what we're really talking about there is the the outcomes of the social process of leadership. You've heard us say this before, listener, but you're likely not uh, the chief executive officer of your organization listening to this, and you're still a critical leader in the organization. And so when we think about the social process of leadership and her involving that, I think as art an artist, she's leaning into her social weight and involving people in this conversation of where we get to lead each other. Mm -hmm. We can't just wait on others to lead us. Yeah. And I want to back up a little too, because part of what I think this was in the documentary, if not a recent interview, that she's very, or was very aware that when she decided to speak out against certain politics that were important to her and certain groups that she felt she wanted to support, she was aware of the risk. And so I think that her fan base probably continued to support her because of her honesty and transparency. And so long as she's not, she or celebrities rather are not harming people, just clarifying here, then I do think they should be able to say and communicate what they want, right? Their point of view. But you're right. She, she has a way of quote unquote leading that involves her fan base. Again, I keep going back to this, but it's very rare that you see that at the workplace. You you already translate it, right? But like leadership is a social process and it's uh, regardless of position, we know that our organization is successful because everybody acts as a leader. And so if we back out of that, how do you get people to get used to that culture if that's not the culture of your organization? I, I think it probably proof in the pudding. I'm going back to your authenticity example. Taylor through action demonstrates her connection through her fandom. And I think in those spaces, if you really want to create a culture where people can engage in emergent leadership, mm. where they may not have a title or even a responsibility that comes up to decision making, but you enable them to feel capable in doing so, then maybe that's just like, Create the practice where someone does it and they don't get in trouble for it or start to go slow where you build a space to get that kind of feedback where you create the spaces for social leadership. And I think that's what Taylor Swift has done when she engages or stands up to uh, injustice or whether it's against her or around the world. It's this opportunity to say, hey, Swifties or anyone who's a fan of mine, I'm getting off the sidelines. If you agree with me, come join me. Right. And that's an interesting, I think, motivational perspective. It seems to be working for her amongst her peers and the fans. Yeah. And again, back to the transparency piece, too. She said in an interview, it was a few years ago, she said, I'm going to paraphrase here. She said, it wouldn't be right if I publicized some post that said how much I support and love the LGBTQ plus community. 
and then I didn't, I voted against them or I didn't use my voice to try to encourage people to vote um, right. because I have this right. platform. I want to support that group. And I think it might have been her dad. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, dad. But I think it might have been her dad who really encouraged her not to do that. And again, back to mm-hmm. that authenticity and, and bravery too. Um, she said, no, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and she's still here and thriving. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I think dad dad ran security, right? Yeah. Isn't that the story? He's like, I'm the one who puts bulletproof yeah. glass on your truck. I care. Right. It, and I think that's something too. I I had it down. It's like maybe is standing up, you know, her her willingness to stand up for what she believes. Mm-hmm. And then leaders, as you were hearing us as we were reflecting earlier, Taylor Swift has an ability to identify what she cares about that enables her to stand up for what she believes. And, and there's a lot of instances in her career to do that. One I found most fascinating is this tension between uh, what are they called? Taylor's versions, right? Where, so Taylor Swift had her masters and she was part of the record label, big machine. She moved to universal, but in 2019, big machine, the record label was sold to scooter Braun. the name. He's a talent manager. He manages many, many uh, artists. One of whom is um, Kanye West. I guess, uh, and then Taylor Swift said, hey, since Big Machine's going out of business, it'd be great if I could have my master's, let's mm-hmm. do a deal. Braun said, no, you're not getting your master's, and he sold them off to a different firm in 2020. So Taylor said, okay, uh, well, here's what I'm going to do. And in 2021, she released her own re-recorded versions of all those songs, yeah. hoping to that, like, that any licensing or any deals would be made toward her because she's the artist and creator. That's that connection to Spotify right. or Apple Music. That I was saying earlier, she's probably invested in that idea of artists being recognized, but two, just an interesting idea that it'd be so many places along the way where the system says no to you and you look around and you're like, okay, like, well, what could I do? Could I, what, I, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Rand re-record all those albums? And like someone said, yeah. And Taylor said, okay, I'm going right. to do it. And it's just, yeah. It's just like, as a leader, if, as you aim to qualify what you care about, being willing to stand up against it even against the torrent of millions and millions of Kanye West fans who would try to tear you down and belittle you because of him, I think is really interesting. Yeah. And her perspective on that too, she she said, again, paraphrasing something along the lines of like in this day and age, people get fired up about one thing on a Tuesday and then by Thursday, they're fired up about something new. So that's why I'm going to stand my ground. And she's right about that. She is right about that. You know, um, news trends, stories come and go pretty quickly. So there's amount of uh, bravery and, and courage that I ascribe to her. And also consistency. When you think about, mm-hmm. you've mentioned brand and reputation, which is funny because I think she has an album album called Reputation. Anyhow, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And she's been very consistent in how she presents herself to the world since she was what? What did you say? 14 or 13 is when she, how she was quite young. She got her... F- yeah, she got her first deal at 14, first platinum record at 16. Yeah, so we'll just call it 16 is probably when she was known to the masses. <laughs> yeah. And she's been pretty consistent about how she shows up um, and what she writes about and what she's communicating and how she behaves as a business person and what her expectations are, too, which is also yeah. important in leadership is is clarifying those expectations, right? Like, OK, well, this is my music, so I'm going to go ahead and re-record it. And she's also acknowledged the privilege that she has and the ability to do that. But yeah, it it comes back to like knowing who you are, what you want to present to others and being consistent in doing so and transparent when there's an obstacle. Yeah. 
And I'd say maybe my last big trait for her that I, I really resonate with too is that tension between consistency and reinvention. Because mm. she's been consistent and true to herself, but she's not stale. No. She makes new things. She creates new. She's an actor and she diversifies her own portfolio. So this willingness to investigate yourself and then say, you know, I'm shifting my course or I'm adjusting or I'm growing like that space for growth that she enables for herself is something that I, I've got to encourage you as a leader. And then you, too, as someone who is being led to grow and to be environments that enable you to grow and to create environments that enable growth. And so she seems to have been able to cultivate that within herself, that idea of reinvention. And so maybe like the thing that bubbles up to the top for me out of all these things is it's composure, it's standing up, but it's this willingness to to support her growth and stand up for that too. Yeah, and you're- I don't know, what what's like one thing that rises to the top for you? I'm sorry, oh I feel like I interrupted you. Uh, well, first I'm gonna respond to what you said and then I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like an interesting parallel to business too. And, and again- it's not a direct parallel, but you could think about it too, as if you are a business owner and you have a product or you sell a product responding to the market and responding to what's happening in the market and what your consumer wants. And again, I don't think she necessarily, well, actually I don't know, but her, her music, as far as I understand it, is a lot of personal storytelling. And so I, it seems as if her product has stayed consistent in terms of what she's delivering, uh, but the story changes. Mm -hmm. Again, maybe I need to check myself on that, but it, that's how I understand her her music to be is still pretty consistent storytelling. So again, transferring that to the workplace, you can have a product and be pretty um, grounded in what that product is so long as you keep, to your point, evolving and shifting to the needs of what people, people want and people are asking for and the market demands, et cetera. Um, she used to be, she used to get teased a lot for writing like heartbreak songs. I can think of one, she wrote a song about John Mayer a while ago, right? And people teased her about that. And then she just didn't respond to it. She just kept going. And I, I appreciate that about her as well. Um, that was real for her. Well, you know, I, I, what I love about what you're reflecting there is something that resonates. Not only is she responding to the market, but she responds to herself. Yeah. I think she's really good to recognizing where she wants to go. And she responds to the market, but she doesn't cow to it or, or is that right? Kowtow, cower to it. Help me out world. If you're cater. yelling at it. She doesn't cater to it. She doesn't cater to it, but she caters to it a little yeah. bit, but she's not slave to it. Maybe. Yeah. Right. She doesn't, she's not, it doesn't let lord her over her. And, and I think that's that important discernment too. Like you were saying in that last example where people get on her about making a love song and her response is zero response. Right. Like, I'm going to do me dude. And by the way, can I point to all the things that Ren said at the top about my successful career? She's like, suck an egg, whatever. <laughs> and I guess maybe you have that position because you've been kicking ass for a decade. But it is I, I just like I'm always astounded by her ability to be like, well, this is at least for my true north for now. And I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. And um, I saw a clip of her this morning. My phone must have been, you know, catching on to me talking to <laughs> listening yeah. to us. So it sent me a clip on social media of her being interviewed by, I don't know who, someone. And she says, again, paraphrasing, she says something along the lines of wanting, her desire is to stop being apologetic for who she is as a human. And she mm. says something like, Amen, like, you're criticizing me for the house that I live in that I bought with my money based on the hard work that I did and that I will continue to do. So no, I'm not going to sit down. And I just appreciate that, you know, like she... She worked very hard for what she has and continues to uh, be who she is. 
So I think you're right. There's a delicate balance of being the leader that you are and standing in those truths and also responding to those around you. You asked me though, what, what sort of top of mind and what was top of mind going into this conversation was her connection to her, her fan base and how it, yeah. it does to a lot of Swifties feel like a community. And I think when leaders are empowered to focus on a culture and the environment in that way, in similar ways that she cares for herself first, she also cares for her fan base and shows that she does. And she's more effective that way. And I think in the workplace, a leader can be more effective that way by caring for themselves first, right? Like we talk about this a lot, self-awareness. What am I bringing to the table? What do I want to bring to the table? Am I doing that? And then they have space to be more impactful for others. So as individuals on their teams, the organization becomes more successful too. And sometimes as an organization, you can even impact a community around you. And I think Taylor Swift certainly does this. But you know what our research has found is that leaders can do this in four ways. And it does start with that self awareness and self-compassion too, which a lot of people find to be challenging. And only from there can you prioritize a climate of respect and psychological safety. Another key piece of that as a leader is the ability to expand your perspective and say, you know, I'm not in the LGBT community, but I wonder what it is they're facing. I wonder what life is like for them and the ability to broaden your perspective and really seek to understand others. And then from there, take meaningful action like we've seen Taylor Swift do. So that's that's really what stood out to me. And um, if you have seen her documentary, then you'll see that she's done that, right? But I think there's a good translation to the workplace in those four behaviors. Yeah. I. Uh, she's interesting. She's a super interesting character. Mm -hmm. I think her career has been really interesting to watch. And I think part of the reason why we wanted to talk about her now, or at least why I wanted to talk about her, is we look around at these public figures and start to diagnose some of the actions or behaviors that they, they make or that they take, the things they say or do, and just the access to people they have. You know, I asked you a question earlier where you stood on the should artists speak up or not, and I honestly feel like people who say they shouldn't are people who are frightened for them to get into the fray mm. because of the the posture that they have, the standing, the the box that they can stand on, the podium, and who, how many people will listen. So I, I'm really – there's a lot of things I'm interested to see about what happens next. And there's some, some interesting test cases for her around decisions she's made, but also interested to see if – where her career goes. And if we'll be doing a another profile on her or or maybe a more precise profile on her one later in life. But as you think about her future, what's next around either leadership or Taylor Swift? You curious to see anything, anything that we should be looking out for? With Taylor Swift? Yeah. From like, Are you curious to see things that she'll say or do that either further stabilize uh, who she is? Or you think, you know, what's the next reinvention of T-Swift look like? Mm. Okay. There are two things that come to mind for me. So after we decided we were going to talk about Taylor Swift, I like, of course, like did the Googling and started investigating like what it, what is a Swifty? What are the Swifties up to? Right. Her fans. And right. So right now the trend is that her, the Swifties think that there are hidden messages within her lyrics that are telling about who she is and, um, that she might be coming out with, uh, some more information about who she is as a human being. 
Now, I'm not a Swifty, oh, okay. so I'm I'm not a Swifty, so I I can't speak to that directly. But I am curious to see if she decides to use her voice in in any way in 2024, given that it's an election year. I'd be curious to see if yeah. she replicates that. What about you? Yeah, I similarly curious about that. How much will she? How much more will she put her voice behind the things she cares about? I can. I mean, she endorsed Joe Biden in 2020, mm-hmm. and so for whatever that is, or however you feel about that, is she's likely going to do something similar for whomever she endorses again. So I'm curious to see. Yes, how curious to see how people react to it because uh, you know her fandom's kind of split on her decision to do that. And you have 330 million followers. When you think about America, you're like, okay, that's there's a lot of red yeah. and a lot of blue in those followers, you know. So not everyone's going to agree with her. Uh, I'd say another curiosity I have too is this battle that she's doing as an artist with those re-recorded songs of hers. Yeah, it's a good news that some of the, I think I was reading uh, Taylor's version, either a, a playlist from all of those songs or those re-released albums. Those were one of those most streamed albums on Spotify ever. So if her goal was to have her IP, like her music, that that her her masters be honored as such. It seems to be working out, but it'd be curious to see if that holds true. And then will artists say, "Well, screw you! If you don't give my masters, I'm going to make my own." Right. So those things, I'm like, I would like to keep an eye on and see what happens next. So one last thing that just now just came up for me when you were speaking is that 300 and whatever million people who follow her. Right, you're probably right politically. There's probably a, a lot of different opinions in that uh, 300 million people. And they still followed her after that. So yeah. it's huh, it's a bold move. For, well, you don't see it often. You don't see artists often endorse candidates. Not very common to outright mm-hmm. endorse a candidate like that. And so maybe this will be another episode, but it just makes me think again about trust. And when you trust somebody, how much more likely you are to not abandon somebody just because of their opinion on certain topics. So perhaps that's a conversation for another time, but she seems Love to it. have gained the trust of her, uh, of her Swifty fans for sure. So things for leaders to think about, right? How, um, how can you produce more trust in your organization and, um, what would that mean for you? What would that mean for your teams? So that's the last thing that, it, that I'm going to leave you with, Ren. What are your lingering thoughts for our listeners? Well, I love the ending where we started because I think that trust comes from that authenticity and the authenticity demonstrated to people that Taylor Swift is just like you. Mm -hmm. She loves, she hurts, she's happy, she's a human. And I realized that that's like, that wasn't my takeaway for this episode, but I'm reminded as we do all of this work, we're going to be better off when we look at each other as people. And if we could get close to treating people like the people we care about, man, oh man, wouldn't it look different? I just... And so I know it's not always easy to do that. And so then maybe my major takeaway and something that I think Taylor can tell all of us is I can understand why you might be afraid to use your voice, but don't be afraid to use your voice. And I know now in America, it's not safe for a lot of us to use a voice, whether whatever line, uh, whatever side of the aisle you're on, like you, it's dangerous out there to say your truth. And what I mean, though, is speak your truth with kindness and generosity. Don't be afraid to use your voice to stand up for others. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. And I think in spirit, if we're looking at each other like those we care about, then it's probably going to serve us not to be afraid of using our voice. So that's maybe my last one there. Yeah, that's well said. I think that's a great place to end. And 
appreciate the conversation and just love that we were able to formulate some leadership lessons around Taylor Swift. And to our listeners, as always, you can find our show notes and all of our podcasts on ccl.org. And a special thank you to Emily and Ryan who work behind the scenes to make our podcast happen. And to our listeners and our Swifties who are listening and maybe even Taylor Swift <laughs> herself. Taylor. Find us on LinkedIn. Let us know let us know what you think. Let us know what you took away from this episode. And we'll look forward to tuning in with you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Taylor, find Allison on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs>